We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way, and I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are three years, eight months, and four days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Ned. How are you, Mr. Wizard? Oh, I'm pretty cool. I think this is the week of everybody suffering from tiredness. Yes, <laughs> I am. I'm definitely I think I'm leading the charge on that one. It has not yeah. been a, uh, a very nice week for me. Uh, and we are going to get into some topics of the day. But before we get started, I would like to take a moment to remind our listeners that we did take a big risk when we started all of this. We're not backed by fake corporate dollars that push fake agendas that make everyone hate each other. So if you're interested in supporting the work that we do, we do offer additional features with our now active subscription service. Benefits include access to our instant messaging service for direct communication to us, along with early access to upcoming and sometimes unpublished podcasts, as well as exclusive access to our behind-the-scenes uncensored prep sessions where we talk about things that sometimes don't make it to the final product, which you're hearing now. So if you want to take part in this fight with us, if you want to support a team that's willing to do the real research and not give you fake nonsense for talking points, if you want to say screw you to the mainstream media like CNN, Fox News, BBC, Sky News, and MSNBC, then the link is in the program description down below where you can come on board with us and you can take advantage of these benefits that we're offering to you. And by doing so, you will support our work and you will support the research that goes along with that work. And together we can take the fight to the doorsteps of these frauds that are on the television, in the newspapers, and the talking heads on the international stage. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, together we can take action as subscriptions start at just $5 per month. Now, are you still unsure of what you're getting we now offer a 30-day free trial which includes unlimited access to all features and content again the link is in the program description down below what have you got for us today <laughs> i was just seeing if you can make it to the uh, I'm, I'm, flag. I'm really i'm really struggling <laughs> right now you have no idea yeah i was gonna add a screw you in there or something yeah, like yeah. that to hide yeah it, something but, you know. yeah <laughs> What have I got? Well, you, you just said topical. <laughs> as long as it's nothing to do with media, yeah, I, I won't go down that line because there's nothing no, about please topical don't. crap. No, that there. is that is absolute garbage. But we yeah, were going um, over some of that in prep. It was just terrible. <laughs> you always fire me off to check out somebody, and you did that last time by showing. What is Mister Gates up to? Oh no, no, it's not him. Oh, and then you and Marty mentioned him. So, <laughs> what did Marty say? Um, oh, he's got a bad hairdo. Oh, Tony Blair. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, what do you got on him? Yeah, he's the he's supposed to be tapped to be one of the new ambassadors for a corridor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, the humanitarian representative. And, and Marty posed the question, why him? And I went, yeah, well, he's... You see, he's, he's a sneaky, horrible thing. He's always been there. They've tried to make him high profile every now and then as if they're going to slot him in places. Because I, had a, I, I just thought I'd um, have a little chat about him because, yeah, 
you shoved his face in front of me. In this country, he was what? The Prime Minister from 1994 to 2007. And yes. that is when we really went down the uh, neoliberal path in the UK. And everybody knows his association with Bush, Iraq, you know, the war criminal accusations were squashed by judges, you know, that, oh yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. He look, he, I, I tell you, he just, he looks like a academic that's sitting in an office and just being paid and doesn't do a seminar. That's what he reminds me of. And he well, shouldn't do a seminar. No, he, he should not. He does a lot of seminars. He gets paid a lot of money for that. Oh, um, he's I a very do believe, rich man. Yeah, I do believe that the first time I showed this photo to Marty way back in the day, he said that he looks like one of those guys that would approach you in the pub and ask you for money so he could buy drugs. That, <laughs> that's what that reminded him of. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't keep a straight face because you look at that and it's just, that's exactly what it is. Oh, he's, no, he, he's just, he, he's a horror, he, he's proved himself time and time again. I mean, as much as the judges quashed his war crime stuff, even in this country, the people basically, in his absence, uh, you know, cemented he was convicted of war crimes, you know, and uh, then he got given a knighthood, didn't he, in 2022? He did, yeah. Yeah, and then there was another outcry from the people. I think there was 1.2 million people at the time that went, no, they should be rescinded. And the people were ignored once again. But then 2022, everyone was being manipulated and ignored. Yes, he's a multimillionaire. He's got lots of money. And he doesn't stop going around and telling the world what should be done. And when he was in office, one of his favorite things when he was in the office was the digital ID thing. And he's always pushed it. And he has never stopped pushing it. Um, what is his other favorite topics? Brexit should be reversed. That's another one. Go mm -hmm. shove yourself. He did the, um, uh, through his foundation, he did the, uh, oh, we played the clip of him on, I believe it was Andrew Marr. Was it Andrew Marr? Was that, is that the right name? Yes. Uh, we played that where he was talking about how, no, we should have a, a split, a two-tier society if you don't get vaccinated or or. Yeah, it's horrible, horrible. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. And people should be discriminated against because yes. he's because he was asked the question, isn't that discrimination? Well, discrimination in this day and age doesn't quite hold what it means before. No, you don't discriminate. You don't force somebody into taking drugs. But he he went down that. I mean, he's he's accused everybody like they've used the anti-Semitism thing. Um, he's pushed like you say the vaccine. It's digital ideas is still, but. I even looked into what he was doing today. Oh, yeah, you, you talked about his foundation. Now, his foundation, you see, it's really weird because he actually got a membership in the WEF, didn't he? He did, yeah. He did. He got a membership in there. And then, after a period of time, his name disappeared off the rating sort of thing. And I remember the the Guardian, you know, that um newspaper that um Jeremy likes? Yeah. Yes, that one, yeah. They, they ran a rumour, remember, about... Oh, what was it? Do you remember a time when Klaus Schwab sort of went under the radar and we were wondering what was happening? And the Guardian came out with a, a sort of headline like, um, "Is there's there's an anomalous group that are probably going to take over his place in the WEF. Yes, they're worried and, about this line of secession or whatever, yes. Yeah, and Blair's name was banded around for that, for funny enough. Ah, uh, come on, they can't put Blair up there. I know you'd mentioned that on, on here before, but I, they can't put him up there. Really? No, that, that, that was just the, a media thing. I mean, the, the, that, guy is, that guy is like Gates. He should just be off the planet you should just be moved um but the wf has got um 
Oh, what they they got a young group, haven't they? They got a youth movement called Global Shapers or something. Uh, yeah. Young uh, Global Shapers. It's um, I, there is Global Shapers, yes, but there's another one. Uh, Bruce was in the process of checking uh, it, it out. Is it Global Shapers? No, it wasn't. It wasn't the Global Leaders. There was something. It was a predecessor to maybe it was Global Shapers, but there was they have that's different the young, ones. That's the, yeah, that's the young side of. Okay, the, that's the something different. The, yeah, yeah, that's something WF. different. There's another but one. Uh, there's, yeah, there's one within that's backed by um, uh, Tony's foundation. Yeah. And, um, oh, My Life, My Say. In the UK, there's a charity called My Life, My Say. And I found out that basically it's linked very closely to the Tony Blair Institute. And it's all about global change and the young people. And it's funny, isn't it? Such a parallel. You've got one with the WF and you've got the Tony Flair Foundation doing it. And obviously, once again, you've got the Imperial College, London, creating the seminars and whatever, you know, and making it available for them. And funny enough, looked into the charity and where, what name do you think I came up with in, within the trust, one of the trustees or the trustee behind the back in the charity? It's a chap called Glenn Manning, and he's a senior banker with the Rothschilds. Go figure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went, huh, that sort of links everything together, doesn't it? And who's actually, who's, I, I believe it's his mother that married into the Rothschild family, Schwab. Yeah. Yeah. There is a link. Yeah. There is a bloodline link there somewhere now. But. I don't know. They need. <laughs> if you keep watering your own blood down, why don't you add some crap to it as well? Oh, they're gonna have to. Oh yeah, you know, and that's it. But um, what happened this year? Blair started to push his IDs again, and it wasn't just him. They decided because he was Labour that they were going to drag somebody out from the Conservative Party called William Hague, and they stood up and went reshaping Hague. the state. Yeah. I remember him. He was the um, he was the foreign secretary under Cameron, right? He was one of the youngest. Was it youngest prime ministers? Hague? didn't he get to the prime minister for a short period I, of time? I don't know if he was or not, but I I do recall him. I think he was in Cameron's. He was cabinet. one of the young and up and coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MPs, but this yeah. he he'd obviously he was older, but I'm pretty sure he was part of David Cameron's cabinet cabinet when he was uh, PM. Oh yeah, but he'd been around a long time before that. Yeah. Um, he'd, oh, yeah, he's yeah. Been, he, yeah. He's been in this from a very young age, but um, he stood by with Blair and they started touting the IDs again. So, and that is when that was February. And it was in January, just before that, that The Guardian came out with that thing about the WEF and where Schwab and what's going on. So they used the media to pump everything up and put him to the forefront again, which is really a piss off really because i wish they wouldn't keep bringing him back he has never gone but do you know where he has his biggest footprint africa they have been pushing a lot of this in africa as a testing ground but he's got his biggest footprint in africa you know like every now and then because uh, you know every now and then we get this mention of rwanda and stuff like that and um certain countries in africa keep popping up within the uk rhetoric and then you look at, then i looked into blair and of course you can't help but look into what his wife's doing as well because she's within the um legal system isn't she she's she she's quite handy in the legal system his wife and then i found out that basically she was defending people within rwanda that are up for um crimes war crimes and things like that and she was defending them and then 
I thought, well, how does the civil structure work there? And then guess whose name you find out that's controlling the civil services within a lot of these countries? Tony Blair. Okay, Tony Tony Blair is either a really smart guy or he's the perfect fall guy. Which one is it? There's no well, in between. We'll here. wait and see. So basically, it's, 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 what really gets me, yeah, is when it was in this country, yeah, and he, he brought out the digital ID, which he's pushing in Africa. So there's two people, two gits in Africa pushing digital IDs. Gates via the vaccine shite yeah. and Tony Blair. Tony Blair. I mean, in this country, I mean, I remember the critics, uh, they we they got very concerned in our country and they said, well, it's... What did we use so easy? We could, there was several things like headlines like, this is like an intrusion from the big state and everything. And there was a big outcry. And his ID's got, the idea of it got totally squashed. And it was, we just said it was a massive intrusion on our, it's to do with our privacy and everything. And that happened once. And the turn has come around again because there's just about everybody in the pocket. Now there's, a, there's um, looking into the African thing, the, the hard thing to do is to find somebody in Africa that has got the political knowledge of other countries. And South Africa is always a good base to find somebody. And there's a chap out there, a political analyst called um, Rob Dugan. And he's, he, he keeps his eye on <laughs> a lot of the stuff that the UK does in the background. And Blair is one of them. I don't know where he dislikes the man, but I wouldn't blame him if he did. But, he, but Tony Blair has got his footprint in at least a dozen African countries in the civil services. Why am I not countries. surprised? Why am I not well, surprised? I Between him and Gates, I think they've got half the continent down there. Yeah, well, here's a, see, what they've got is they've got something out there called the African Governance Initiative. Why is yeah. everything with these criminals always an initiative? Uh, and this has been going for over a decade. Of course it has. Yeah, it's been and going it was for probably over a decade. Some, it was probably going on before that, but they changed the name of it because someone oh, was yeah, catching on to it. Oh, yeah, because I actually followed some uh, newspaper things back and... Over, I got it back at just I got it over a decade ago, and it was where he was pushing this AGI in Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and Liberia. And I think those were three of the biggest stepping stones that he started with. And it's ridiculous because all him and Gates are doing are saying things like the poor will benefit from having digital IDs, the children have to be vaccinated. It's just so, yeah horrible yeah. and they all have to have these passports and he is one Blah. so that is what i found out about our mr blair and what he's up to so he's got quite a high profile in some respects within the, their system yeah yeah so he's well, been he's very a, active yeah 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 well he's a in in their terms he's a stakeholder oh yeah Oh, everybody's supposed to be a stakeholder, aren't they? No, no. See, you're just no. You, you see, you're you're going to own nothing and be happy about it. Uh, the stakeholders this, are going to. Isn't this to do with public and private ownership, where we all benefit from it? That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. got it. Thank you. WF. Oh, um, WF. You sparked something in my head there. There's a book come out. Interesting. An interesting book. Um, just like you, I do like to pick something up every now and then, and have a have a breeze through it. But there's um. There's a uh, uh, a lady, right, and she's written a few books. One of the interesting ones is called, I had to have a look at it, it's called The Shocking History of the EU. Interesting <laughs> book. Her name is Zena Cohen. And um, basically, it really 
has got a, a, a good good bit of information. I mean, I've done uh, historical facts on dates and things of like when the UN and the WHO and the WF, and we all know this, but then, then you find another interesting fact. So I like it when they, they actually put faces to this and you get a historical line where somebody's really done some good research. And she did a... Uh, the, I, p- I picked out a few good things, actually, that I, I mean, I read through it and it goes, yeah, I know that. I've talked about that out there. And then I came across this and I went, well, we know, like, the, the WF, it was set up in, what, 70, 71, was it? Under the name, it had the previous name of the European Management Symposium or something before it became the WEF. Yeah, so yeah? it started so that. Was that, the, yeah. that was the original thing. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and the book takes you right back to the beginning, even to the first meeting where it was Schwab. And he had, I still can't find out who funded that initially. Or where well, he got his money from. We we dug into all of that and we looked and and I do believe I, I discussed it with you behind the scenes. Everything that we found on that, we did a, a an hour long uh, podcast on that where we laid all that stuff out. And we don't know where any of that funding came from. And we on on top of that, we don't know how Schwab got picked to do all of that. And then, well, I mean, I, if you go by the the Kissinger and the um, uh, the fat man, you know Herman Kahn. If you go by that connection, okay, fine. But the program that Schwab was involved in at Harvard University that Kissinger was over gives one honorary doctorate degree that's funded by the CIA every year. And the year that it was to be given, it was given to Klaus Schwab. Now, oh, when you just reminded me of something. Sorry, sorry, Johnny. It was within Blair's when Blair was in government. He also started the annual handout to the WEF as well from this country. Okay. Annually. All right. Because that was him. All right. So there's, there's, yeah, okay. So there's, there's dues money right there. Right. So if you go back and you look at the initial meeting, the first meeting of the European Management Symposium, you had obviously Schwab and you had some, some people up there on the stage. I've actually got a photo around here somewhere of him. Um, yeah, 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 of that meeting. But that's beside the point. At that meeting, you had over 2,000 top yeah. business people. You had over those 200 lot, heads. Those, those yeah, yeah, yeah. You had, you had over 200 academics and royals and, and all kinds of stuff. And you had, I think it was almost 60 or could have been even higher than that, heads of state were there. And I now, this is, this is interesting because here's a guy who's collected a paycheck for 36 months of his entire life, (laughs) right? Who came out of college and took a board seat on a company that his father owned, did nothing to get that seat other than the fact that he had shares in that company that were passed on from his father. So it's not like Schwab actually worked his way up from, say, like, you know, because it was a machine company and they turned it into a technology company. It's not like Schwab worked the floor and then became a foreman and then, you know, a supervisor and then work. No, 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 no. He went straight onto a board seat. They changed the company after he took it over from a technology or from a machine company to a technology company. And then he goes on to become the head of the European Management Symposium right after mm-hmm. that happened. Yeah. And uh, by the way, during that time, he also worked on the nuclear program that supplied nuclear weapons to the South African government under apartheid. And the Swiss government helped him cover it up. Oh, he's, he's but I mean, he well, on. right there, he's already right right there. He's already in the jackpot. So they had him compromised. So he's he then goes on to take up the European Management Symposium by who we don't know. We can only speculate. But Kissinger's been an honored guest every year since then, uh, including this what, year. I'll tell you what, Johnny. But talking of honored guests, 
this is where I fell in and found something out, and especially in this book, was on the second year, one of the people that was the, the person that was supposed to chair it stood down. His name was put out there and then he stood down. And I know, uh, and they took his name off because of who he was, because he had a very dark history. Who was it? And his name was Herman J. Abs. Don't know that name. Oh, this is really interesting, right? The history of Abs was, right? Basically, he was a bank director who helped Hitler enormously to forcibly purchase Jewish banks at low prices, right? And we know where that money went. Yes. And during World War II, right, in 1943, he was part of a group called the Committee for Foreign Economic Affairs, which was created by bankers and businessmen, and they discussed Germans, Germany's future after the war, right? And then after the war, a friend in the... Uh, Bank of England, <laughs> good old boys, good old UK, uh -huh. yeah, called Charles Gunston, right, aided Abs and wanted him to help rebuild the German banking system. Now, Abs had been sort of reported, and seriously, he, he, he should have been sentenced to death, yeah, in his absence. Why his absence? Because Gunston, he didn't care about he protected this guy. He didn't care about what this what Abs had been accused of, right? They decided they were going to rebuild the banking system. So Abs continued on, right? 1948, Abs becomes the deputy head of the Reconstruction Loan Corporation and president of Bank Deutschlander. So he's moving massively, right, this guy? And then basically it was him who decided that German companies should receive billions of dollars from the Marshall Aid through the Marshall Aid that was the, at the time? The Marshall Remember Plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The Marshall Plan is what we used yeah. to, yeah. to um, yeah. rebuild. But he had his war, foot yeah. in this, and there was a lot of money channeled through that. He was one of the former Nazis who helped create the organization that became the what they call the EU nowadays. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's just interesting. This guy's history is nightmare. This is a guy who's had his foot in persecution and everything in the Second World War, he then comes out, helps build this channel money straight back through Germany, helps build what becomes the EU. And, I mean, this guy, I think he still was in the banking system in the 90s. Well, you He's don't had a, him, He did well out of it. You don't expect him to retire. What would he do with himself? Yeah, but, I mean, this guy's... I mean, and then you've got, obviously, Klaus Schwab's history, which you've just been through. But that was year two of that symposium where he was meant to be, and that's the history of that man. Nasty individual. I can see why he was taken off out the limelight because that might have helped bring that down in an early situation. Yeah. But who turns up in year three? Year three, uh, in 1973, it's sponsored by Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, oh who has a really dark past Oh, yes, himself. he does. He <laughs> does. Good Lord. That one? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Prince Bernard of the Netherlands, he's basically has got another He was a Nazi. Past. Yeah, he was a Nazi. So that's how many of them? We've got Schwab associated, maybe. We've uh, got Herman well, Abs. No, there's, there's no maybe. We did make that connection in yeah. that same podcast yeah, but, as well. His got, father. You've got Herman yeah. Abs, right? And yeah. now you've got Prince Bernard, yeah? But he, he Bernard was was one of them that had his foot in the Bilderbergs, didn't he? 
he actually arranged for the very first meeting to be done at the Bilderberg Hotel in the Netherlands. Exactly. There you go. And basically, he also had his foot in the Commission of European Communities. So 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 he starts pushing such a thing as the EU. And I'll tell you what, and I don't know. And in 73, on top of that, they had the cheek to summarise what the Club of Rome had commissioned, that lovely publication that came out the year before, 1972, The Limit of Growth. I'm going to pull a clip. Yeah, I'm going to pull a clip from the author of that book. Hold on just a moment. You continue on. It's just amazing. I mean, that is a rabbit hole of population control, isn't it? And reduction. It is just, oh, it's very, very painful. But that that was the first three years of this organization. It is just incredible. I had to. I the hardest thing is when you get your teeth into a good book and some good research. Oh man, you lose. You you do lose sleep, Johnny. Yeah, you do, sure. yes. No, I'm, yeah, I believe me. Oh my goodness, believe me, I do know that. All right, I have a clip here. This is this is kind of edited, if you will. It's it's, it's broken down. This is actually in in our intro. It's so it's so relevant. This is the author of Limits to Growth. This is Dennis Meadows, uh, and he speaks very candidly here, uh, and he's very clear in what he says. Take a listen. Globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Uh, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way, I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way, I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean... Uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through through force, uh, but rather in other ways. And so uh, that's what I hope for, uh, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to, to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. It's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, But if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have a We want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven. So we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and you don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty (laughs) pessimistic hopes, you know, but um, that's that's what lies ahead. Yeah. He's so comfortable in talking genocide. That is so ridiculous. That is so scary. How can you peacefully peacefully cause genocide? Well, peacefully, you could do it with a vaccine. If you read very carefully in books like Ecoscience, written by the former White House science czar under Obama, John P. Holdren, and guys like Paul Ehrlich, which... In that book, I have a copy of that book. It's very difficult to get your hands on, but if you can get it for a decent price, then I would suggest you pick it up. But in that book, Dennis Meadows wrote part of that, uh, some of the sections in that book. And 
in oh, the yeah. section about vaccinations, they are talking specifically about what that is. We've gone over, Bruce and I went over and we were reading shocking section after shocking section on Oh yeah, uh, it's it's it's, it. it's quite a quite an interesting thing. Oh, it I is mean, because these oh, are yeah, these yeah. are people that are in like our highest academic circles, and they're just talking like that, like what we just played, just oh, very yeah. candidly. It's, and, it's, yeah. it's, it's open eugenics. It's just that oh, just is, is yeah. an endless movement, and where it goes from there, further on, and what's been employed over the decades, it is just quite scary. It is, and if you think about where they draw their ideology from. It is what you mentioned before, Malthusianism. Oh, yeah. And what a bug of crap that is. It is. That is no, that's just scary. But the thing, they're still trying to push it at the moment because you've, you had, who spouted up the other day? We've had the WF. That's one head of the Hydra that I like to say that needs to be heading. The WF needs getting rid of. Who? We've got Tedros, yeah. our, our, um, Tedros terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> he's just, and he, he's still spouting and he's still trying to tell people that, oh, yeah, what everybody's saying about us and countries losing their sovereignty to us and everything. That's just a load of pack of lies, that is. You git. Let me see if I can quote him. I actually wrote it down somewhere. He said, some argue that the agreement to undermine, to und will undermine country sovereignty and giving power to the who. It is important to make it clear that these claims are completely unfounded, untrue, nonsense, and have no basis in reality. The guy's a lying git, simply put it right. He's, he's, he, he has, well, I mean, he's a terrorist. He's, he's got, he's, he's a human rights abuser. He's got an endless list. He, I mean, and he voices just after, um, he called for support for see what they're trying to do. They are not an elected group. They are there. They were always meant to be an advisory group. Yes. And yet they're saying there's got to be changes to the international health regulations. Those regulations are there just like, hang on. What's that famous piece of paper called the Nuremberg Code? They want Oh, you mean to, that thing that we've shredded over the last four years and thrown out <laughs> yeah, the window, yeah. They 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 have totally abused they say these things are outdated. No, they're not. They're there to remind us what people are capable of and what people have done. And you just want to change everything? If if this is allowed, we're writing our own death warrants. Simple as that. I mean it's bad enough as it is what they've got away with. They are unelected. It's a power grab. No. They need to be defunded, deregulated, told to sod off. And that's the second head of the Hydra. And where did the WHO come out of? That other useless... United Nations. ...piece of bureaucracy called the United Nations, which has kept the LICs, the poor countries, poor. So you can have that on one side of the world. The amount of money that's run through that bureaucratic system. I, I noticed that they don't do the... Um, I haven't seen that advert for asking people for 80 cents to feed the starving child anymore since no we they, out no there. no they need 80 dollars <laughs> they, they don't need 80 cents they need 80, they, the inflation Telling everybody see. with a smartphone yeah. to donate 80 yeah. cents and if it takes 80 cents to feed one starving child a day well just have all those bureaucratic wages in the un and where, what you could feed the world probably on their scale anyway uh it's it's just three groups of hypocrisy and they just need that hydra needs taking down. It is just horrible. It does. I, yeah. I, I do not like them. They're just full of fraudulent people who want. You see, within the WEF, within the WHO, with it, you've got all these people that are of a monetary status. And if you ask any of them, 
I mean, especially with this climate thing they're pushing as an excuse, they will say, oh, yeah, we could fly anywhere. We could do this because we've got enough money to offset our carbon footprint. No, that's saying, if you want to read the English into that, we've got enough money to be irresponsible and do what we want. Whereas they're telling the people, you've got to be responsible. And you can't go anywhere because your carbon footprint's shit. Unless, so, you can, unless you can pay those <laughs> carbon credits to offset it, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, I mean, that in itself is just really, the whole structure, it needs really pulling down, yeah. And that is why that, that is, that is why they're, they're making, they've, they've kept the LICs poor and they're trying to make generations of the HICs poor now. They're creating the gap where we have to have poverty within the West. In the name of saving the planet. In the name of saving the planet. So how do you save the money? How do you save the planet? By that high energy, right? High energy usage saves the planet. And we've got to really have a talk about it because high energy usage does save the planet because it creates the industry. It creates the technology. It creates the, the systems where you don't have disease. You, 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 you further all the sciences. You manage to go further as um, humanity because basically... They are spending money hand over foot, destroying society, and let alone all all the, those crazy industries they're creating. Uh, the carbon footprints of all those mad ideas, just so they they can make money and then change the whole social norm, is it, just. I mean, it, it's it's self defeating. You just got to look at it and go, yeah, this is this is right because we're not prospering. We're not prospering. All we're doing is dividing humanity. So you've got a really, you only have two tiers. You'll have the upper tier and the lower tier. The middle class will not exist. It that's just the won't idea. Exist. It's the stakeholders yeah. and everyone else. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's, 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 it's just crazy. It's just crazy. Um, I nearly cried the other day. Oh, I watched, okay. I, I watched something. Did you pick up a copy I, of the Daily Mail? <laughs> I don't. I didn't cry with laughter. I didn't. I didn't have a fit and break a couple of ribs. No, actually, I. I actually saw. I was waiting for um something to come out, and there's a the film was being put together, and it actually came out, and it was um it came out from the US, and it was um put together by um families. There's there's three. There's a, the, there were three families on there, but there was also a, um, a well-known gynecologist and a well-known doctor and stuff like that. And this was about, basically, um, a family that had lost their daughter. There was a, a chap that lost his son. There was a girl who was pregnant and lost the baby. And it was putting it out there uh, about all the losses due to vaccination and stuff. And it is a really... It's, it is. It, it, it's a very truthful film. I mean, there's a there's a chap in the United States that lost his son, and he has this like trailer, and it has photographs, and they're at least a four size of nothing but youngsters that have died under the vaccine. And he, I mean, he lost his son. I, I mean, it's heart wrenching, and it goes through what they went through, and they could have thought they could have thought up a better title. But um, it's a lot of platforms aren't showing it. I I mean, it is actually if you can find it right, you might find it. There's two platforms I did find it on, and that one of them was Rumble, and the other one was um oh what was it? Um, I'm assuming it's going to be one of the off-brand ones. So Odyssey maybe. Bitshoot. Bitshoot. Okay, yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah, Bitshoot, and it's actually called the actual film was released the ninth of this month, and it's called Shot Dead. 
and it's like having a shot in your arm. It looks you can see um yeah a a needle like you know, and it's uh, it was put together by um we the Patriots USA. Uh, I've seen a lot of those groups spring up. I can't keep track of yeah. all of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, it is oh man, it is it's worth a watch, people, because it's got so much in there and all the stuff that we were talking about. You know, um, all the references. Everything that we used to do with the podcast about what we expected and all the information and the history of it all and the warnings, everything is in there just about. And obviously the end product is the dying, you know, and it's, well, it is heart rendering. It is, but you, you hope that it can be done in a peaceful way where everyone shares in the experience. <laughs> I'm not trying oh, to be man. morbid and throw dark humor here, but I'm just saying what we played it. That's, I have. That's their no, intention. Being, being, being a Brit, I, uh, we, we're designed to walk out the trench over the hill, walking into bullet fire and laughing at the opposition. Yes. Yeah. But the point is, yes, it's, it's to highlight what's happened. People, it hasn't stopped. You've got to see this film. You should go out there. It's, it's available. And yeah, it, I, I tell you, I, 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 it's heart. I heartfelt for some of that. What went what, on there, and I went, "Ooh, you know." But it's there's a lot of information in it. Um, there's a ho- lot of heartfelt. I tell you what, I don't know how they didn't just go off the rails. I mean, you, you lose your youngster, and I'll tell you what, woof, you know. And even to the point, right, where the end title, because the young girl from one of the family, yeah. They didn't find out for ages and ages. And at the end titles, it comes up with what she, uh, the symptoms she had and what she was suffering from when she died, yeah, after taking the vaccine. And guess what the diagnosis was? Unknown. It's always unknown. Cause unknown. Yeah, exactly. And I've been, I've been seeing, uh, I've been seeing some reports this week of just former NFL players that are early thirties and they're just finding them dead. And, oh, yeah. the, and the story from the family is always the same. We ask for privacy during this difficult time. And, uh, you know, thank you for all the condolences from blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Everything is the same. It's the same canned response every time. But I mean, this undetermined, because there was so many things wrong, a system was totally torn to pieces because of it. And it was just, it was just, you know, Edward Dowd, they had uh, a reference. He was on there. Yeah. They had a reference from him. They had uh, Dr. Peter McCulloch. He was on there. Um, they had uh, one of the um, gynecologists on there, uh, James Thorpe, going through all the symptoms, what this is causing, the history of it, and why it shouldn't have been done. We went through all the, 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 the Pfizer data, and uh, they brought out the same things that we discussed, where they had nearly 300 pregnant women vaccinated, but only followed up a handful of them. And then they didn't put the data out there. And you know, and it's 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 just yeah, it's a revisit to the misery, but it's got to be kept alive. It's got to be kept alive because it hasn't stopped yet. The fallout hasn't stopped because this is going to be with us for a long time. I'm not sure, to tell the truth, because of the design of the thing, whether there's going to be so many lines throughout humanity that have taken it, how it's going to affect future generations. Because it is a um, it's a transitional genetic therapy as they call it but it's basically mrna is designed we we have mrna within our own system and it stays within our cytoplasm but it is actually designed to bring rna into our dna 
it's, it's designed to change. It is made that way, naturally. And when these buggers are using it, it's just not good. I'm not going any deeper into the science of it because I've done it already and I might do it in the future if somebody wants it. But yeah, um, what other thing? No, that was America. Oh, the other thing about America is, uh, what did I find out? Um, do you know your VAERS and the reporting of the CDC? I always wondered why there was a problem in the reporting. But do you know there was two reporting lines? Uh, I do recall that they split them, yes. And they they did some changes in order to keep the numbers off. Like they, they were never they were never accurate. We were never getting accurate information. Yeah, well, the initial reports were public, but what they did was they had a private which was containing all the updates, the corrections, such as um formal diagnosis, recovery, even the deaths. That was on a different set. And they kept that private. So you had the initial thing, which was public. But everything else was kept on a separate private line. And basically, it said that there were two parts to theirs, the front-end system and the back-end system. And that is a quote directly for them. And basically, anything derived from medical records by law, they had to quote that, cannot be posted on the public-facing system. They used it as, this is private information. We're not allowed to put it out in the public. So... Initially, anything from the initial report, everything after that, they shoved out of the way because they used that law that, uh, sorry, this is private information. And I think that's disgusting. And that is how they got away with it. That is your government at work. Well, excuse me, that is my government at work. Hey. <laughs> I mean, you think of the ONS, they've stopped. Well, they've I, stopped I was getting ready to say they actually just stopped altogether and said, no, I'm sorry, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's just, yeah, it's very annoying. COVID really, really annoys me. But that, that film... It's, it's, it's called Shot Dead. It's worth a watch. It's honest. It's truthful. Yeah. And it is heartbreaking in places. But yeah, you got to watch it, man. It's good. Try and find it. Um, if I was going to have a final word today, I'd just follow up on those digital IDs and try to make people realize, what would I say about it? I don't think it matters whether um, governments have control over our data, telling us what to do or what we can and can't do, or if it's privately owned companies. It makes a little difference, you know, with this push for, what did you say, stakeholders, the the public and private partnership, yes. Johnny? Yeah. The WF chime, yeah? Yep. That's uh -huh. what they chime up. The result's the same. It's just big state control. It doesn't matter whether it's government or anybody. Digital IDs are bad. All it means is that you'll lose your privacy. And if you lose your privacy, you lose yourself. It creates stress. It creates fear. Yeah. Um. And what does that do? Then that creates people being suspicion of each other. It creates this social change. It creates paranoia. It's an endless list of dark emotions that are going to be just pushed and heightened by this horrible thing alone. It is a societal change and it's designed and all it can do is create a collapse. Uh, it's just, no, humanity loses its humanity and you can't afford that. And that is what I believe the digital ID will cause. It cannot do anything but because the social change will be the demise of everything that you fundamentally hold. And you might not see it initially, but all, there'll be so many little tweaks and until you cannot get out of the trap. And that is where the door shuts. Digital IDs slam the gate shut. 
you bugger. It's got to not to be allowed. There's no way that. that that can be allowed. No, you're you're yeah. absolutely right. And they tried to do it with COVID with the uh, the vaccine passports. That was meant to be the foot in the door. And then they were going to change it and and say, well, we can use this for everything else. We can use this for your digital wallet. We can use this for your internet ID. We can and how use did this they for- try to do it? They, it was it was coercion. It was segre- discrimination. Yeah, coercion, and, and they were segregating yeah, society. Every, every every wrong way. It was not done by choice. But there you go. We lose our choice. We lose our humanity. We lose our ability to go forward because that's what we'll lose. We'll lose. We'll, we'll be like a we'll hive community. All. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's what they're pushing for. Well, it's been, I know. So it's, it's a bit of a dark one. I'm sorry, John. It is. It is a bit of a dark one. Again, that's two apologies. We're doing good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's but that book that book was so interesting and um, the that historical book on the EU and that film. I'm I'm sorry, but there's that means there's stuff out there, people. If you like to read a book, if you like to, you know, get amongst it, you know, have a look. See, there's the the truth. The truth is out there. That's a uh, quote from what was that? What was that program? X Files. That's it. Awesome. Awesome <laughs> show in the '90s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, excellent. All right. Well, that's it for me. We will see you next week. It's been a great conversation, my friend. We will go ahead and call. Actually, we'll see you next. I'll see you on Black Friday next week. Is that what it is? That's what it is. I thought Black Friday went on for about four weeks now. Um, yeah, it is a week here now. Yeah, now it's Black Week, Black Friday week or whatever it is. And yeah, that's what they're doing. Anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and call this one done. It's been a great conversation, my friend. Absolute pleasure as always. I'll see you next week. Thank you for being here today. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone and have a great evening. Good night.